Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to this special end-of-year edition of Ask OTC the show where we answer all your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotson Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Lars Everton. Let's kick off with this question from Fly. Fly Williams. Which team will get ripped apart in January or the summer? Will any expensive stars even be able to move in January? Lars, do you want to have a go there? Well... What I'd say is that in terms of teams to get ripped apart, you're often looking at like the surprise packages, the teams that are doing better than expected. But if you look at La Liga, then you have Girona. But because they're owned by the City Group, you don't imagine they'll just randomly sell all their best players in January. That wouldn't make any sense. Uh, There's a slightly different dynamic at work there. If you look at Ligue 1, You've got Nice doing better than expected, but again, they're owned by Ineos. Are they certainly, just as they're investing in Man United, are they suddenly going to sell a lot of players mid-season? I mean, that would be a terrible look for them. But but I do think maybe we're looking more to Germany then, at, at Stuttgart, who have been fabulous. And it's just completely inevitable, I think, that because he scored so many goals, that Cerro Girasi will be the uh, subject of some interest from bigger clubs because uh, a guy who suddenly scores goals at the rate he has in the first half of the season is uh, is always going to be in demand and I do believe Andy will be able to fill in the details but I do believe there's a release clause in his contract that's way on the lower side as well yeah there is it's around 17 and a half million euros so yeah. whoever wants him will get him if there was one thing that's going to stop him going in January it will be the fact that um, he'll be at the African Cup of Nations with Guinea, mm. and I, I, I guess like the other part of this actually, when Fly asks about which team will get ripped apart in January, a different way of looking at that is by the African Cup of Nations. Mm. If you stay in the Bundesliga for this, there's something Xabi Alonso has been really determined not to m- make excuses about. It's one of the things that makes me like him even more than I do already, which is hardly possible. But he's been asked quite a lot about the African Cup of Nations and how that could affect his team. Um, because, you know, you look straight away at Boniface. Even now, Nathan Teller's been called up to Nigeria as as, as, as well. So like, they could lose, what, five players in, in January? And Leverkusen have depth. I mean, that is going to stretch anyone's depth. And Boniface has been lights out so far this season as, as, as well. So in terms of, like, ripping the heart out of the team and 
really making them fall off in the in in the in the second part of the season. I think that could actually end up having having quite a big influence on the on the German title race. Now, Xabi Alonso, like I said, it, it, he said, look, this is not something we can do anything about, and I don't want to tell any player that they can't go off onto international duty is massively important for them. And it's a highlight of your career. And mm. so many, so many coaches moan about the African Cup of Nations when, you know, it's a right to go and play for your national team if you've qualified and if, if, if you're called up. So I really like the way he's um, framed that. Yeah, me too, by the way. It, it cheeses me off that people think, oh, African Cup of Nations, what's the point of that? Because yeah, exactly. actually, actually, some players come back rejuvenated from it. Actually, Agreed. You know, if you Agreed. Uh, check football history out, and and some do come back knackered. But I like the way that you've uh, approached that question. Yeah, very, very clever. One one thing I'd throw in. Sorry, that sounded really condescending. I mean, it was very, <laughs> it was very clever. I was actually just sat thinking. God, I wish I'd have thought of that. Andy's being very smart here. Um, <laughs> one one sort of um, exception to this, maybe in terms of being ripped apart. I mean, you could you could head to Scandinavia in the January window because actually, like Norwegian teams are. They don't hate selling in January because we have a summer league, of course. It's mm. something that we wrestle with a little bit, is that people come to pick apart our teams in the summer where we would rather hang on to the players because we're mid-season. Whereas in the winter, when we're like changing the squads and stuff, there's not quite the same market. But if, if you look to, to Norway in, in uh, January, there could, be, there could be some interesting guys for you to look at. So I guess you're going up north to Bodeglimt again. And uh, yes, of <laughs> looking at maybe maybe you could tend Patrick Bag to try playing abroad again. I mean, he is a very good central midfielder. It just didn't quite work at Lance, but I think he's definitely good enough to play abroad. I mean, Albert Gunbeck, the Danish midfielder, is very good. I mean, there, there's plenty of good. There's plenty of stuff there. I suppose this question from VL Film is a more of an existential question that mm. both of you can get your teeth into. Could OTC ever see? the Champions League inviting guest nations like the Copa America, for example. Wouldn't that be a great idea, Andy? I, I, I hate it, and if it happens, I think teams should boycott those games. Okay, we'll come to you in a second for more than just two or three words, just Andy. I, I don't disagree with any of those few words that Lars has said. Um, I also feel it is almost inevitable uh, at some point. I think um, you look at the increasing influence of non-Europeans in, in, in the European game. And we're not just talking about uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, but the increasing US hedge fund influence on, on, on European football as well. I can't help but feel that there will be some sort of inroads made into that. Now, the most obvious ones, I suppose, are Saudi teams um, trying to position themselves to, 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 to get into the... In, into the, the the Champions League, and they have a Champions think, League. Go play in that one. Yeah, well, that that's right, isn't it? But I I do feel that that sort of cross pollination is not quite inevitable because we can't know how profound and long the Saudi influence on European football is going to be at the, at the moment. Because in terms of Saudi influence on European football at elite level, it's still quite new both with getting top European players to go to the Saudi Pro League and in terms of the takeover of Newcastle United, which was still less than two and a half years ago. But, you know, they, they, they want to move in that direction. And I think you look at the influence of um, 
non-Europeans in, say, the ECA. You look at the the um, post-Super League picture and the fact that Nasser Al-Khalifi has got far more influence. Um, obviously, Qatari and QSI has got um, much more influence in European football than they used to, having um, stuck with UEFA and, 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 and taken advantage of that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's something to be done there. You see, Lars, no, we're going to continue to riff on this because it is the obvious thing, right? When we're talking about this, what we're talking about is mostly the prospect of, of the Saudi clubs being uh, being able to force their way in somehow. Uh, the assumption would be that it'd be one of the four clubs that are owned by by the PIF, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, Al-Itihad, Al-Ali, Al-Nasser and Al-Ilal. Uh, one of those would be doors are the sort of big prestige clubs, but of course uh, Newcastle will be expecting to qualify for the Champions League for the foreseeable. So then we'll have, um, I mean, what's the thinking there? Are we just going to have one of the Saudi clubs, or are we going to have more Saudi clubs that are owned by the same company going in with Newcastle being owned by the same company? Like this is ludicrous. Like quite aside mm. from the cultural aspect of the European Champions League being for European teams, that's not very complicated. Look at a map. Uh, the notion of any of the PIF clubs being invited in when you're very likely to have a PIF-owned club from England there is fully ridiculous. And it shouldn't happen. It's very obvious that it shouldn't happen. And it'd be an absolute disgrace if you ever allow it. And I hope that cert- certain clubs around the continent would discover some kind of spine and boycott those games. But isn't it the case that Andy's correct? Is Whether you like it or not, it's an inevitability because there's I money know. there. I know people, because you're following the money. People would say that the Super League wasn't an inevitability because there's money there, and they managed to screw that up. Now that was mostly because it was so fantastically badly done uh, that it, people were able to stop it through fan movements, through protests by prominent figures in the media, whatever. But there is still a, a space for fans actually making their voices heard. Now, Saudi generally by the way they managed to maneuver the World Cup in their direction suggests that they're a little bit smarter than the absolute bozos who tried to start the Super League. Still can't get over how badly done that was. But So, so maybe they'll be able to do this on the sly in a way that's harder to stop. But I, I still believe, I'm very naive about certain things and I still believe it's possible to, to stand up for some semblance of, of principles in, in here. As well, we have to talk about good old-fashioned self-interest. I mean, you know, if you're one of those clubs on the Champions League, Europa League cusp. And I suppose I'm thinking about, you know, just not just Roma level, but Spurs, Newcastle, Villa. You know, there are some massive clubs who struggle to get into the Champions League at the moment. If they feel their places are being pinched, well, they're going to have something to say about it, aren't they? Indeed. There is an Asian Champions League. It's a perfectly good competition. Playing that mm. one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
This is from Des with Nagelsmann having won a single game in charge and Germany's final two friendlies before the Euros being against European rivals France and the Netherlands. There's a decent chance of Germany playing Scotland in the opener off the back of a four-game losing streak. If that very real possibility comes to pass, could Nagelsmann get the old heave-ho before the tournament starts? No, um, I, I think there's an understanding, and, and Des is quite right. They, they they could end up there in that position. I think Scotland have got a great chance in that in that opening game mm. because Germany haven't got a long time to get it right, and they're kind of a shambles at the at the, at the moment, really. Um, Nagelsmann's taken over, and after a promising start on the US tour. The performances have got gradually worse as they've gone on, and they they were just awful in Vienna against Austria. He's not got lots of time with the players. He's not got lots of time to sort it out, and they've got tough opposition, as as, as Des says. But there's a full understanding in Germany that it's not really Julian Nagelsmann's fault. I was kind of surprised that he took the job because I thought there was a limit to how far he could succeed, mm. and if he was to coax a decent performance out of them, uh, the Euro finals it would be an amazing achievement for him. But whether he does well or does badly, I don't think it'll affect the market for his services after when he goes back into to, to club management, as I'm sure he will, at the completion of, of of the Euros. So look, I think there's an understanding about, there's a concern about the sort of players that Germany produce, about the imbalance of players that, that, that Germany produce. And... Also about the, the the lack of development of the the existing talent as as as, as well. So look, there are there are a whole load of issues, um, administrative issues as well, not not just on pitch issues. And I don't, I don't think anyone who's been following it would would really blame it on Nagelsmann. And you know, all they would achieve by bidding him, even if they were to have two terrible performances coming up next, is just you know to to heap scorn and and, and ridicule on the DFB and you know. That's surely something that they want to avoid. Yeah, if you if you fire someone after a certain period of time, it looks like they've done a bad job. If you fire someone immediately, then obviously you've done a bad, bad job appointing them. I do wonder about Nagelsmann, national team manager, Andy. I think just from what we know about how he likes to work, he's quite detailed in the tactical stuff. What we know from his time at Bayern is that he didn't necessarily connect or fully win the trust of the biggest stars in that dressing room. Being a national team coach where it's all big egos, all big stars, you have very limited time on the training ground to work on stuff. It's so much more about the social interaction bit of it. And I mean, I don't know, from, from what we know of his skill set, that doesn't seem like an obvious fit for him, I have to say. I think it's a case of you know availability and necessity. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think he, he would have got the job under normal circumstances either for him or for them. But having said that, I do think the line about him not really connecting with some of the players at Bayern, most of them were, were sad to see him go. It's mm-hmm. one of those retrospective lines peddled by the club to make it look as if they're not idiots for sacking him. We t- you talked about like sacking people in double quick time. They, they sacked him less than two years into a five-year contract having paid £25 million to spring him from Leipzig which to me looks like horrendous planning. So um, it's, it's quite interesting that you've had the likes of uh, Joshua Kimmich, uh, Leon Goretzka, who have both been challenged and questioned in the in, in last year, both in a Bayern context and a, a Germany context, that they have come out and publicly stuck up for him, which is, is kind of made the, the, the previous governorship of, of Bayern, of course, look a, look a bit daft. It does. Thank you very much for that question. What I can add to that 
is that I'm reliably informed that the Tartan army have got their tails up. So if I may just send out a warning to Germany, um, make them play on a plastic pitch. You can lose your grasp. Uh, Tim asked this question. What player do you expect to be the breakout star of the next 12 months? Lars, particularly with Euro 2024 on the horizon. The breakout star. Hmm. Yeah. The breakout. That feels yeah, very. De- that feels very definitive, and it's also <laughs> bad news for me because I had something else I wanted to answer on this one. Listen, Go on. there's a player I want to flag up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the Nordic bias. I always do, but like I like to. We have a young winger in Norway now. Well, he's not in Norway. He's playing for Club Brugge, but called Antonio Nusa, who's an 18 year old wide forward type. He looks incredibly exciting to me. Uh, he's one of those quick, lively wide forward types. But the thing that makes me very excited is that he can go both ways. I mean, he's two-footed. When he squares up against the fullback, he's equally comfortable going on one side as he is on the other. And that is an absolute nightmare to defend against. Now, he's still a bit rough around the edges. We've seen him involved with the Norwegian national team setup already. He's just 18 years old. He's born in 2005. That <laughs> makes you feel old. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's at Club Brugge. Chelsea were after him in the summer and were prepared to pay a lot of money for him. But certainly the line that's being pushed is that he wasn't you know, prepared to leave Belgium yet. He felt he was in a good place and he was getting a lot of game time. He will not be at the Euros, obviously, for reasons we need not talk about. No, we can. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think we have someone who could be a genuine star there on our hands uh, as a wide player in Antonio Nusa. He's very exciting. I'm, I'm sure he'll go to a bigger club next summer. And, uh, yeah, one to look out for, definitely. Andy, clearly um, Norway are not going to make it to the Euros next year, but we don't talk about no. that. Uh, can you think of another breakout star? Well, I th- think he might be at the Euros, might not. So I was going to sit on the fence and make the most of the playoffs there. Uh, Yogi Sudakov from uh, Shakhtar, mm-hmm. m- central midfield player, still only 21 years old, bags of experience, really, really good in this season's Champions League. I would expect him to be the next big player to to, to leave Shakhtar. Um, he can go around players. He's a wonderful passer of the ball, and the weight he puts on his passes. You know, he's a, he's an absolute expert. It's like watching Ronnie O'Sullivan with a cue. It's it's extraordinary, and I, I think he, he's he's grown a lot this year. Um, so I would expect him to go the way of Mudrik. If Ukraine were to qualify for Euro 2024 and they were to hang on to him up until the tournament, then I think he could have a good tournament and that they could knock him out for a lot more money. Because, of course, you look at the way it went with Mudrik, where they were looking at selling him to a Premier League club or it was going to be Brentford or Leverkusen for around £25 million. And um, then um, he exploded in the Champions League and they ended up selling him for, what, four times that. You know, I think still... In this era, which we see a lot of football on telly and there are no secrets, supposedly, and all that sort of stuff, Mm. I still think a big performance in a big tournament speaks volumes for you. And if he were able to do that, that would be another opportunity for Shakhtar to cash in and and, and get some much-needed money. In in terms of like slightly older players, so far this season, I've been really impressed by the strides made by uh, Eric Junior, Dinia and Bimbe who came through the PSG Academy, who went on loan to Frankfurt and now has gone permanently there. There are just these, there's always been little flashes that suggest that he can become 
not just a serviceable, but that like a special player. And we're seeing a few more of those. Um, certainly, um, if you go back to uh, Bayern's 5-1 loss in, in Frankfurt against Eintracht, he was, he was brilliant in that, him and Omar Mamouche uh, and Hugo Larson, if we're on the Scandinavian tip, were excellent in, in, in that game. So um, Dina and Bimbe, I, I, I think, can be a player who becomes a not the breakout star, but definitely a... A, a player who could maybe find a level at an even bigger club. It does seem as if the Euros are the perfect platform for breakout stars. Now, as much as you were saying, Lars, that your breakout star won't be making the Euros, as Andy said there, you know, you have a good performance at a, at a tournament like that, which is the perfect opportunity, you know, not too um, high level, if you like, like a World yeah. Cup where you can get lost in but somewhere that you can express yourself on a national base. The Euro seems to be the perfect place. Yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've gone, this being OTC, we've obviously gone a little bit obscure with the answers. But, we're, but with the question being, like, the breakout star, could we pivot towards, like, someone who's already known but is about to become a superstar, partially due to the Euros? Is it possible then? I mean, we've just discussed that Germany are likely to be a bit of pants. But if, for some reason, they're not, maybe that could be to do with Florian Wirtz and maybe this could yeah. make 2024 the year of the Wirtz who has obviously played like he's closing in on 100 games for Leverkusen so he's not exactly unknown but he's someone who has the talent to be one of the absolute sort of top 10 footballers in the world I'm certain and obviously he was set back by a, by a terrible injury at a very young age but, but he's back and he's playing and he's looking great and he's obviously playing very very well for Leverkusen and is part of what's driving them on and and maybe Nagelsmann can find a place for him in the Germany team, and he can drive Germany to success this summer. That could be something. I think that's the thing, really. You just you just wonder if with Wirtz, are, are Germany good enough to carry him in in, in the same way that Leverkusen are? I mean, I, if, if I was him, I would be going off to camp and saying, "Can I, can I bring Granit Xhaka with me?" Let's pat ourselves on the back now. It's time to pat ourselves on the back. Because... I, I'm not that bendy. Like, I've started stretching more and stuff, but it's like I find it very difficult to get around <laughs> the back and just sort of... Can I reach the back? Mate, you scratch I my back and I'll scratch yours. If I use my phone, I can just yeah, get around yeah, and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that kind of works. Let's forget about the back analogy then and just get straight <laughs> on with difficult. the question. Uh, thank you for your question, Nick. Thank you so much for the amazing content this year, you say. I've been loving all the new shows. What's the one story that you wish you could have covered this year but haven't had the chance? Andy, do you want to go with that first? Uh, yeah, firstly, thank you, Nick. Secondly, the beauty of OTC is nothing's off limits, really. So we, we don't really give anything a wide berth. We get to give a bit of time to, to everything. And that, 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 of course, is the beauty of the, the return of a, a, a question, your question show on uh, Ask OTC, that we, we, we get to do everything and we get to scratch your various itches to um, use Lars's, well, not actual metaphor, was it? <laughs> literally scratching his back. Um, no. uh, maybe uh, the ones I would have liked to do more on, uh, Thiago Motta of Bologna, because mm. I think he is going to turn into a terrific coach, obviously already linked with a, the PSG job. Fortunately, he has been spared that and been able to um, progress his career and obviously they're pushing up towards Champions League places. Um, so he's, he's he's doing something really right. Um, yeah, let's do some more on uh, 
the Toulouse and Milan thing at some point as well because the whole Redbird thing and we were talking about um, multi-card models recently with, with, with Lars and yeah it's um, it's interesting the model at, at, at Toulouse and, and what they've employed there the use of the Dutch market you're having like a former sporting director who's president in uh, Damien Kamoli uh, yeah Toulouse are an interesting story even if, if they've been struggling a bit in the league I suppose Lars we've rinsed out all we can say about Norway um, well, last year. <laughs> don't test me, Dalton. <laughs> don't test me. Um, listen, I, I'm sure I can always think of something, but I think personally, in terms of what I could have brought more of, you know, being introspective, um, for all my Nordic bias, I am a little bit too Norway focused. I think definitely in the upcoming season, if if, I'm, if you'll still have me, maybe to um, uh, me spend a little bit more time sinking my teeth into the other Scandinavian leagues, be a little bit more across Allsvenskan, be a little <laughs> bit more across the Danish Super League, yeah. uh, that aspect of it. I think there I can bring even more Nordic bias to on the continent in 2024. Let's not forget Iceland. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. My, my, or even like the Pharaohs, get some Klaxvik up in here. There you go. Yeah, the, yeah. Fin- the Finnish will be saying, what about us? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm planning to go to Finland at some point next year. Maybe um, like do an at-the-match at Hoyek or something. Who knows? All I can say is Satan Perkili. Well, that's it. Perkili. do Satana. That is our final Ask OTC of 2023. Uh, you can find Lars on Twitter at Lars Severson. Thank you so much for listening to the shows, sending in your questions and supporting on the continent throughout the year. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next Thursday, as always, to see what the new year has in store for European football. And remember, if you'd like to ask a question, you can always contact us at any time at Radio Dotton, at Andy Brassel, and at OTC Pod, or you can email us OTC at footballramble.com. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.